Hello there. Hello everyone, welcome back to Jedi Knights. I'm your moderator, Christian Buckley, joined by my Chewie from not so far away, but six at least six feet apart. At least six feet apart, yeah. We're, we're social distancing over here. Um, yes. Maybe this is extreme social distancing. Yeah, we could probably like ease up a little bit, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. We, we can get like seven feet yeah. next to yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, as we talked about last week, keeping occupied, uh, dipping into Star Wars for some uh, quarantine R and R, you know. Yeah. What have um, you been? Uh, have you consumed? Have you been consuming any Star Wars media? So of course we've been doing our uh, Clone Wars watch along. Uh, that's that's always nice to just save that night. You know, it's like oh, tonight's the Clone Wars night. You know. True. Yeah. You just like bust through like six episodes of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's great, but continuing that uh, Millennium Falcon puzzle, that's 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 the thing. That's the thing have I've been you, dipping back to. Are you are you making good progress? Or the border is complete, and let me tell you, that's an achievement because the border is just space. Oh, really? It's just probably black and stars, huh? Black and stars everywhere. So is it like the Millennium Falcon in space? Can you describe it? So it's. The majority of it is the Falcon, like, diagonal shooting up. Um, okay. In the background of the Falcon, you have Vader made out of, like, stardust, like, purples and deep maroons and blacks. Okay. Um, which is very cool. Uh, bottom left, you have the the episode forecast in their, like, typical poses. And um, lots of X-Wings and TIE Fighters. So, it's cool. cool. I like it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually we'll grace the set here um, yeah so how do you like how do you how do you put that in a frame i think we i asked you this like two weeks ago but like yeah so i'm pretty sure you have to like have some like spray adhesive that you just spray over it you let it rest for a day and then you can put it in a poster frame oh you just spray it over once you complete it basically i'm pretty sure yeah interesting all right yeah but uh, you you've also been doing some Star Warsy things to keep you occupied. You were telling me about. That's true. Yeah, today I spent most of today playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, <laughs> and so yeah, I'm starting a new new game of that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a good one, Christian. You've only played Knights of the Old Republic two, yes, as I understand it. Yeah, and with that, I um. I own one and two because I picked them up on a Steam sale once, and I never realized my Mac could run them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. one day I was like, "Oh, hey, I'll just try to." And I played like the first three hours. I think I escaped the prison space station and then called it. But it's it's definitely cool. It's it's interesting looking back to an RPG almost turn based of that time. Um, definitely, almost definitely turn based. The combat, at least. Yeah. Because I never knew that about it. I always thought it was like more of an action Star Wars game that we're used to. It just had like RPG progression. I didn't know it was like turn-based combat, which is sometimes typical for RPGs, which uh, really surprised me as someone who's always been wondering why we don't just mess around and make a turn-based Star Wars RPG. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's already been done, you know? <laughs> yeah. So how, how are you liking it? Is this your a, a revisit? You said uh, going back to it, right? yeah yeah so i i've played it as a as a kid and stuff um and since as well um but yeah i i have it on xbox so like the original xbox disc so i've just been playing it on my three or on my xbox one um, very nice yeah get those it's a uh, good... those upgrades what, what what upgrades doesn't doesn't the xbox one do like a like a buff to old old games like it at least makes them look crisp you know Not... oh yeah yeah, I think I, I think it is one of those. It looks really nice and it runs really well. It did it did freeze on me today though, which was sad. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's cool that you're enjoying that. And um, as a fellow consumer of games, I have definitely considered looking into uh, Star Wars games of the past to revisit. You should because, you should uh, you should stream it, Christian. I might. I just might. Oh, <laughs> you know what? That actually reminded me. So. A recent game I streamed on twitch.tv slash joyclicks, which you should totally check out, um, was The Mummy. It was a PS1 game that I had in my living room after the local blockbuster closed like 11 or 15 years ago. 
never touched it but i also from that blockbuster uh obtained a game called star wars demolition <laughs> and i played it like once and i don't think i could appreciate it then but i could now it's basically like a demolition derby on tatooine and you get to play as like just star wars characters riding around in all the different like land speeders i think boba fett's in there and you can just use his jetpack and you know just blow stuff up interesting so maybe i'll dip into that yeah you should dip into that um honestly if, i find it funny that you got on a sale both kotor 1 and kotor 2 and you only played kotor 2 yeah. what was the rationale behind that so i believe there, okay so a while back there was a rumor that chris avalone who wrote kotor 2 i think was attached to maybe right fallen order i don't remember i don't think it was definitely a star wars game i forget which one but i was like hey i want to see what this guy's uh portfolio is like so i checked out kotor 2 to look at the writing and it is it's a well-written game i can say that for sure but yeah um that's why i went there over one despite what i, I knew see. about one you know like i like revan his design and stuff like that but that that, that so, makes sense i wasn't sure if there was a you know a real you know reasoning no behind it. it was just curiosity really interesting but okay but, yeah um, and funny enough, we are going to be doing a kind of retrospective deep dive for the first half of the show um, on another Star Wars video game that we will get to in just a moment. But first, True. we do have a news story to bring up, sort of a follow-up to a discussion we had last week about Cassie and Andor. Um, according to an interview with the special effects supervisor Neil Scanlon, which was conducted via comicbookmovie.com, uh, the Cassian Andor series was six weeks into pre-production before the whole epidemic suspended production on pretty much everything. So um, not like huge news here because we were kind of speculating last week that uh, because Cassian just brought on a production designer that pre-production work could still be going on. We didn't know what stage they were in, but we now know via someone who works on the show six weeks in that's not that long <laughs> that's yeah, really that's really not that long yeah because you have to wonder like six weeks pre-production are they counting like story meetings as pre-production here are they are the scripts done like did tony gilroy do his thing already uh do we have an outline <laughs> like i feel i feel like that would mean the scripts are done but i or i don't know like yeah, I guess we don't know if whether or not they have like a script or a story really like fully fleshed out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- do you know how long like a- TV shows are average in pre-production? Like, um, like I don't, I don't have a solid uh, idea, but I. But will from say your own that, experience, um, maybe like twelve weeks, maybe. Okay so i think it depends on the production like um i know with most shows that go into like a a christmas winter hiatus um they usually take late spring to pre-production go into pre-production for production in the fall sometimes like it it really depends case to case on what the true um the schedule is but for serialized television, I believe that's usually how it goes. Yeah, I mean, like, we also don't know when they're planning on releasing this, right? Yeah, because we don't know when they're shooting it either. Yeah, so, like, everything's up in the air. I feel like we should, we should just give them their time, you know? Yeah. It's 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 all it's all speculation now. Mm-hmm. And, like, both of us are really excited for Cassian. I'm sure Diego Luna is very excited to go back to that character. Um, yeah, and so, Alan Tudyk. <laughs> yeah um so when we get it i'll be very happy uh him being one of my standouts of the disney era so far but yeah i i'm I'm with you they're gonna take their time do what you have to do you know to to make it good yeah (laughs) yeah 
So I'm I'm would, not worried, but just an interesting little addendum to last week. Would you rather have this show first or Obi Wan first? I think this. Same. Because like with Obi Wan, because it was a little tumultuous recently, like really take that time, you know, really just go in on. I think especially because of a planet like Tatooine, like lean in on the landscapes and production design and level of like intensity there where Cassian can be shot like a drama, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I'd rather see Cassian first, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just thought we would throw that update out there for those curious about, um, what we talked about last week because it was very even more up in the air last week in terms of what's coming when uh yeah what what's going on with everything but um well we know mando is hopefully going to be within like one month of what they said cassian is um it's got some steam going i think i think we're definitely going to see mando this year still i do too i just think it could slip into november instead of october even later maybe yeah so that does it for disney plus and news though so uh like we said light news week which is why we're going to have a discussion about honestly i feel like a pretty big piece of star wars history definitely that's that's very true because like Mike, I'm sure you remember this time uh, in our childhood where episode three came out um, and it was like, oh, the story's complete now. I guess Star Wars is done. And there was still such a thirst for more, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know when rumors of the Clone Wars series came around. You know, we talked, there were rumors of Star Wars Underworld in like 2010. True. Um, Yeah. Was that the TV show? Yeah, that was the live-action TV show that... With the test footage, yeah. Yes, that we talked about uh, a couple months ago. But Star Wars video games, I think, were, for us at least, something we looked to to continue the the fandom. You know, like, there were the Lego games, there was Battlefront, there was a lot of Star Wars content for us. Um, even past the Xbox PS2 gen, where there were like monoliths like uh the kotor like you're talking about Mm -hmm. but there's something i think really specific about the vibe the time and so many other factors about star wars the force unleashed definitely yeah that that really just make it something else and it's a weird pillar of that era I think, do you think it might have to do with the fact that we were, like, like kids at the time? Or, like, are, are we clouded by our own nostalgia here? That's not I the Jedi way. No, <laughs> I, I think it's a valid thing to bring up, but yeah. I could see that line of thought with the Lego games, because I think there's so much nostalgia there, you know, with just the, the way those presented that story for us. Mm-hmm. But I, I really feel like with the marketing and the advertising and just a general air of the way Lucas Arts presented The Force Unleashed that really made it feel like almost a new era for Star Wars. I agree, yeah. Um, I think it had to do with the fact, a lot of the fact, a lot of part of it had to do with the marketing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm which which was it, it kind of sold itself as like a become a jedi kind of like video game similar to fallen order which is yeah. probably which is probably why it did so well yeah i i think you're right because i remember like i i must have been in a GameStop when I, I don't know how old i was it came out in 2008 so probably like sometime in 2007 i was around 10 years old right yeah um in the GameStop, and then on the tv i see a star destroyer that gets just pulled out of the atmosphere by the force and that's like nothing we ever saw in the movies before at the time the the graphics looked 
like cutting edge you know yeah truly though i mean it was it was something that we didn't know we wanted until we saw it yeah and i i I think especially we you and i both watched the i think the reveal teaser trailer which was the hooded character pulling the star destroyer out of the sky and then the Mm -hmm. launch trailer and again going into the marketing they really pushed this as being an untold story in the saga where it fleshed out the the hunting of the jedi uh it gave vader a secret apprentice so that gave us a new way to look at and appreciate the character of vader Mm -hmm. and i think because of that it also really felt like oh we're filling the gap with video games now you know like we're telling stories like uncharted with the force unleashed unfortunately it was like other than like the force unleashed 2 it was basically like the only two video games that bridged the gap like they basically stopped making video games after these like star wars video games yeah and and i think it's worth saying um with force unleashed 2 it was a little less positively received true um because i think force unleashed 1 while i haven't played in a while it could have aged horribly but it it definitely goes for something that was popular i think probably it was on the tail end of the character action games that were doing really well like god of war and um i guess devil may cry 4 probably was around that time mm-hmm. but give like cranking up the force abilities and i really do think there's something about the imagery of ripping a star destroyer out of space that just set the tone for LucasArts being a branch of Lucasfilm saying, hey, the movies are done, now it's time to get weird and, like, fill in the side stories. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I think the coolest part is you actually get to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you get to do that in the video game, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do think, like, in hindsight, incredibly cartoony, you know? Oh, so cartoony. <laughs> yeah, it, what do you all right do you want to talk about the plot sure yeah let's dive into this thing uh force unleashed is a story about darth vader's secret apprentice his yeah Uh, technically his second apprentice in the old canon yeah um star killer is his code name um he his full name i believe is galen marrick Mm -hmm. which uh again we've seen these uh names appear in the new canon as well star killer base obviously and uh galen urso from right. rogue one mm-hmm. um but star killer is portrayed physically and by a uh, performance by sam witwer who we've also seen branch out to other star wars content he is the voice of darth maul in clone wars and a great one at that yeah he, he owns that character yeah <laughs> like he does in such a great way he really sold me on sort of darth maul 2.0 which i've sort of pitched him as on the show it's true though he it's it's not it's not the phantom menace darth maul that's for sure not at all and i think it's such a more interesting character now um but i as far as i know star killer was his entry into the star wars canon Um, really i mean i yeah the Whenever I listen to like Sam Witwer's voice acting, it always reminds me of Star Killer, which makes sense because you know he voices. Yeah. Him, so. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really cool, honestly. If you don't follow him on Twitter, I recommend it because he streams Star Wars games sometimes. Uh, he's very active in the the fandom and community still. Um, but if the story follows him and basically the character acting as a proto Inquisitor uh, in this old canon where vader is sending him to exterminate the remaining jedi who escaped the purge and i i guess starting there it's so interesting seeing the story change drastically um from this take on the timeline to the current canon you're oh you're saying like you know the plot of of the force unleashed but the force unleashed versus what we actually got with disney kind well like also clone wars you know like filling in the gap of what 
and I guess Rebels more so than Clone Wars, like, yeah, what that in between was like, you know, because here we see it's this one guy, it was Vader for a while, then he trained basically a lapdog to just go out and kill everybody else, right? Where I, now it's the Inquisitors, true. I mean, I, I, so here's a question like you said, Star Killer is kind of like a proto Inquisitor, mm-hmm. um, but do you do you like do you like the disney canon inquisitors more than like this so i i feel like honestly you're probably the person to answer that question with more um weight because i still haven't seen rebels but my experience with the inquisitors beyond that one guy with the long head and the red tattoos on his face (laughs) and just knowing that the guy looks like that is oh the um, grand the grand inquisitor sure yeah um the the sisters from fallen order right right. and i honestly like i can put them in a similar camp to how i felt about star killer but with star killer i think it's just so much more interesting in the fact that it's vader's apprentice yeah yeah but I, i mean i i think that's true like he's got his own they have like that personal connection and like in term when you look at like the disney inquisitors like they they are trained by vader but like they're not like it's not like a master and apprentice kind of thing it's it's just like you're a subordinate mm-hmm. you know like they they all like like vader basically like tortures the the like jedi into being inquisitors and i mean like it's not like he doesn't torture star killer in this because i yeah. he definitely does but like it, it definitely has that that more just like like there there are only two a master and apprentice kind of thing for sure and for me like i i think there's so much potential with just from taking a step back looking at the idea of giving vader an apprentice that he hides from palpatine and i think even with the inquisitors there is still an interesting story to tell there mm-hmm. you know um if you want to paint vader as someone who became aware that he was expendable to a certain degree you know true i, I always wondered like what happened to vader like when when emperor palpatine found out that he had an apprentice you know yeah so based on my memory i i remember i think there's multiple endings to the force unleashed but yeah, does, does it get answered in one of the endings <laughs> I'm pretty sure Vader disowns you at a certain point, and then, like, he just sort of, like, runs to Palpatine to, like, cover his tracks. I I think something like that happens. Mm. But, yeah, I feel like Vader in this game, if we want to touch on that for a second, is interesting because I feel like the Vader we've had recently kind of paints him more at least from our experience watching all the star wars content on this show it kind of portrays him in a way that's like not sympathetic but like he was duped and did this for reasons that seemed right to him you know yeah i don't think sympathetic is necessarily like the wrong word to use i think when you're watching the clone wars and then you watch the prequels and then you see his anakin's fall like there is there is something like very human in it and like Mm -hmm. it's hard not to like sympathize with him and see how he could be corrupted and how really like in any of us in those situations could be like you know we we all get each each of us each of us have our flaws and and anakin's you know definitely one of those and we can all we can all see ourselves in that but like in the force unleashed it seems like it was just like vader was just like a caricature of evil more more or less yeah and i have to wonder like based on what you said i think like pushing to make vader seem more human or at least the reasoning of anakin at a certain degree because of how how calculating palpatine was kind of makes him come across as a little dumb is that fair to say well like anakin and then in turn vader yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely, like, impressionable. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so... It's because I think this game's take on Vader is so much more ambitious and, like, not prideful, but he's aware, you know? Like, he recognizes what happened. I don't know 
if like you said it's a caricature of just a bad guy or if it's he's so deep in at this point where he's like hey you know what maybe i did slip up but can't go back now yeah like he just doubles down on it yeah because that's sort of the the vibe that we get from him in six right like when he's talking to luke he's like it's too late for me that's Um, true but regardless i do think it's an interesting way to look at him where he does have a fail safe for the day the emperor turns on him because of star killer and i i just think that's so interesting compared to modern vader that i wonder how this story could either be adapted or just shows a completely different mindset to that character i mean there's there's still time in the canon for vader like the current canon for vader to mm-hmm. have an apprentice like there's no reason why he could you know yeah but, I, I just mean more of like is is current canon vader does he have the foresight for this you know yeah <laughs> true uh, yeah i guess i guess you're right they, they they make him they make him out to seem like he just got like duped essentially um but yeah i don't i don't know i i guess you're right like i guess when i see vader's ambition and stuff like that that's something i already associated with him mm-hmm. um and and you know just his plotting and everything you know in the in the original trilogy like he has a lot to say about you know military tactics and also strategy and so i kind of i kind of always associated those things with him so i guess in my opinion like i sympathize more and i i don't want to say i like the new canon vader better but like it's just uh for me like this vader in the force unleashed is not as convincing and it's not as cap captivating to me i guess yeah i I, i'm with you there i just think this take on him is more like aware i guess and i'm i do think what we're talking about with the character of star killer and the subplot is interesting and honestly i kind of want to see it adapted to the new canon yeah i mean i think it's i think it's pretty interesting and like that's not to say that i don't like vader in this like i like vader all the time like let's (laughs) just be real but like yeah i mean yeah, I think I think this, they could, you know, the Disney can take some cues from this. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely something worth exploring. I think maybe if they wanted to do that Vader Plus show, they could center it around Star Killer, mm. um, and just have Vader be like the ancillary leader, I guess. And retool- they should make they should make a Vader Disney Plus show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like. I guess tying it back to the story of Force Awake, uh, Force Unleashed. Sorry, like Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, they they would have to make a fair amount of changes, I think, if they wanted to bring it in because there's so much, uh, like canon answers that happen in this game. I don't know if you remember some of them, but like Star Killer's family crest inspired the <laughs> crest of the rebellion. Like he helped form the rebellion. Yeah darth maul's in this game like for some reason right is he oh wait no he's not in this game uh, oh okay well no he's i no i, yeah. I do remember no it's it, i'm like reading i'm reading the the synopsis right now to refresh my memory and it's mm-hmm. just it's just somebody takes the shape of darth maul <laughs> gotcha yeah never mind. um and it's it's funny because we see star wars today be so strict about their canon and like even battlefront has to be canon you know like um i feel like they eased up on it a little bit with battlefront 2 but i remember that first one it's like no uh well i guess it's like this now kind of like clones can only be played on geonosis maps or or prequel era yeah planets you know felucia only yeah you want you want to play as clone troopers on uh ilum no (laughs) like this game messes with that so much like i remember there was dlc i don't know if it was canon or not at the time but like you could go hunt luke on hoth really yeah it was in like the the ultimate sith edition i think do you remember that one i don't think i had that one so that's another thing we'll get to that in a second but i think on the ps3 you could get the ultimate sith edition and he had this badass armor uh it had like claws on it it looked like a knight of ren almost interesting Um, 
but I think there was a DLC mission where you went to the hangar in Hoth and you fought Luke. Yeah, I'm and, reading, I'm, it's actually on the Wikipedia page right now. I'm yeah. reading about it. That's crazy. And I'm pretty sure there was like an Obi Wan thing, like you could fight Obi Wan. Maybe I, there was a lot of. Um, yeah, there's one a on lot ta- of Jedi there's bosses. one on there's one on Tatooine, but you have to fight Obi Wan. Yeah, see, that's like modern day Star Wars game. Unless you're like Galaxy of Heroes, there's no way they're messing with the canon and uh, crossover that much. Yeah, it makes me wonder if that's actually, you know, if that's actually canon, because because it, it doesn't happen in the movies or anything. And it's supposed to it's supposed to happen like right at the same, mm-hmm. right? I, I I think like th- that was I think that was DLC. So maybe the DLC was like side stories, and then the story they tell with Star Killer and Ramcota and Vader and the Emperor is at the time canon because like technically it doesn't uh counter like it doesn't counter any of the existing canon at that time right um and obviously lucasarts published it you know so like uh and i think george lucas did the story for it so yeah he did. i guess it it would have been canon you know at least the main campaign yeah i guess i guess yeah maybe not the downloadable content i think the camp the main campaign is for sure or it was do you remember the droid no (laughs) the droid i always loved this droid and i don't think we've ever seen any droid like it again but i thought it was so cool um i'm on the wikipedia page it said his name was proxy uh, I oh. forgot that about him. Is it the one? Is it the one that like it shapeshifts, right? Yeah. So it like it. Yeah. It's basically a skeleton, like a mechanical skeleton, kind of looks like three PO without the armor on, mm-hmm. and he projects the holograms of whoever he's like facetiming with, you know. So like he can present himself as Vader, use the voice, and transmit the message that Vader is sending to his apprentice, and he can do that with anybody. And I always thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah, that is pretty cool. They should bring that back. They should, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> we have the two major ways of communicating now in Star Wars are holograms and force time. Right? Yeah, but only, only like, two people can force time. Yeah, so why not give another way to do it? <laughs> That's true. You know? Through, through conventional droid means. Yeah, if, if holograms are cellular this should be iMessage you know because you get that real bump in quality (laughs) yeah true it's it's the facetime audio of yeah uh, exactly uh what do you think about the actual like gameplay of this like the the way that it feels like the combat and stuff um from memory i thought it was fun because they really emphasized the force you know it's in the title the force unleashed Mm -hmm. um they really emphasize force powers and I remember the physics was a big deal, like going into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the destruction, the fact that you could like throw your lightsaber at things and it would slice through anything, almost anything. Yeah, like crates and stuff and people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, people. I remember there was a mission on the Death Star where you could like use the force to like grab one of the TIE fighters and just like swing it around. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, like, the Stormtroopers ragdoll if you lift them up. So, like, I remember it being very fun. Again, comical in almost a ridiculous sense. Right. It's like a... Yeah. What are you going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say, it was fun at the time. I think it probably wouldn't hold up now. And the control of the Force stuff, I think, is sticking out to me as not being the best. Uh, to me it was it was really like hack and slash you know like it, i feel like there was no strategy to it unlike fallen mm-hmm. order uh, yeah so so that's kind of like a negative for me but like it, at the time it was fun like to just like like whip a lightsaber around and like do you remember like all like the little things that you had to like find and like you had to i don't know they were like i forget if they were like holocrons or something like that I don't necess- I don't really remember collectibles. I do remember getting the different lightsabers though, but yeah, no, there were like other collectibles that you can get and like mm-hmm. they were hidden like in every level and like it was pretty cool. It was it was like almost 
open in that sense that you can just like jump up to like a scaffolding and like find a you know holocron or something like that but yeah uh i i want to bring this up i was going to uh probably like five minutes ago but i forgot um this game had several different versions do you remember that no so get this it released on (laughs) ios the n-gage nintendo ds ps2 ps3 psp the wii xbox 360 mac and windows the n-gage yeah i don't know i don't really remember the n-gage it was a nokia smartphone so obviously smartphones weren't running the 360 version but there were several different versions of this game um I didn't play the, I guess, the standard one that LucasArts made. That was the three, uh, PS3 360 one until later. Because at first, I played the PS2 version. Yeah, I played the 360 version from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, so I remember the, the 360 PS3 version, which I ended up playing eventually. Um, it looked better. That was the one with the amazing physics. That was the one that really pushed destructible environments and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but the ps2 version uh which was developed by chrome studios uh was the same one that released on the wii and i remember that game being ugly was it really (laughs) yeah i kind of want to look it up like just like some footage or just a photo or something like that (laughs) yeah like Um, what i was just gonna say it's very clearly a ps2 game is it yeah yeah was it, so it's, it's all like the same plot and stuff though right yeah yeah same story i think um the scope of certain environments was a little different and like um i'm sure a few some of the mechanics probably like less enemies less particle effects but yeah yeah I interesting mean, interesting this this game this game just holds you know it's it's very nostalgic in the sense that like i remember playing that this is a lot like a lot as a kid for sure yeah and i think it's it's really fun looking back at it because it's such a different era where we kind of kicked off the discussion about as far as like could you imagine if current lucasfilm allowed something like this because while it was written by lucas like looking back at it and talking through the story and the fact that it was about a secret apprentice that turned to the light after he blinded a Jedi and fell in love with his pilot and all that kind of stuff. Like it sounds like fan fiction. It does, but it's, it's a crazy thing. It's straight from the mind of George Lucas. Yeah. Which is honestly why I kind of want to see it repurposed for this new canon and make it fit in with what is the star Wars timeline. Now this, this game is pretty dark too. Yeah like it's it's pretty it's it's pretty gruesome (laughs) uh oh how could i forget we completely breezed over this the opening of this game do you remember that the on kashik yeah you're playing as vader yeah and you're just like you're cutting down like your own stormtroopers and stuff yeah you're just like killing wookies you can throw that lightsaber cut down trees yeah that was cool talk about destructible environment (laughs) yeah yeah um so the game has an interesting legacy i think uh it really emphasized scale you know yeah that's what that's what i was saying like there's a lot of like collectibles that i remember Mm -hmm. and like the the levels the level design was really intricate and like pretty vast for that time um Mm -hmm. and it was a long game from what i remember as well um yeah it definitely took me a while yeah but like you know it was it was fun it was just it was a good I don't know it was good it was a good star wars game for for those who are into it yeah and i want to honestly like leading up to uh fallen order i was a little worried that it was just going to be if they made force unleashed in 2019 because while i have a nostalgia for this game and it was just a blast playing it as a kid i don't know if that's the game i'd want from modern star wars games you know no i think fallen order i think fallen order is the best star wars game ever made um it's up there for sure yeah in my opinion it's really good in my opinion it's it's the best one um 
but that it's just completely set a new bar um mm-hmm. and you can't ever go back to like the type of combat mechanics that are in the force unleashed it's just not as satisfying and it's not as challenging um mm-hmm. and yeah i mean obviously disney is just taking star wars in a different way anyway um which is not necessarily a bad thing obviously we 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 both enjoy the disney star wars and and yeah uh i wouldn't want to see this now but it was good for when it was yeah i'm with you i'm pretty sure like i i want to ask you though where fallen order was really if you look at interviews with the developers like um stig everyone at at respawn basically said like there's no red lightsaber we're not doing that it's a a jedi story Mm -hmm. do you think after ea saw the success and reception and like overwhelming positivity to fallen order that they wouldn't ignore the market for a sith game like fallen order um I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that's something that will happen, but what I would rather see is them mm-hmm. take Fallen Order in a way that turns that way. Ooh, okay. That's that's my opinion. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like, if the story they're telling with Fallen Order is end of the day, Cal Kestis tried his best, didn't work out, went to hiding, something like that, I, I could really see Respawn either set up a second team or use the like philosophy of the design of Fallen Order and repurpose a story maybe like this, maybe about an Inquisitor in a Sith action game in the style of Fallen Order, just so like it's not Fallen Order one, two, three within like two years of each other each. So that way you do have a bit of variety, but if ideal scenario for you they want to repurpose the star killer character arc mm-hmm. would you rather see it in a fallen order-esque game or would you want to see it in a different medium altogether like a tv show or something like that i would want to see it in a different medium i think if they're going to continue doing games and stuff i want to i want it to be different like i, I want I, I don't want like the force unleashed like rem- like redone you know uh that's why i liked fallen order so so much because it was you know different than anything else that they've really put out Mm -hmm. Um, matured yeah totally matured um so yeah i I would want to see i I would like them to do something like this honestly i think i would even be okay with them doing it in like a comic book or something like that okay maybe maybe that's just because i'm i'm into the comic books now Mm -hmm. but Yeah. yeah uh either a comic book or a tv show and i'd want to see them take a different approach with a sith uh video game i think they could do that differently i agree Uh, i would not say no to like a remaster of force Unleashed one and two just to go back to it definitely not but um yeah such a such an interesting era you know definitely (laughs) um and it was really fun looking back at it yeah and we should we we got to do more of these oh absolutely we're gonna for sure talk about more star wars games in the coming weeks and uh future episodes but for sure shall we move to the the clone wars episodes we shall because this week when we watched the seven no eight episodes of the acclaimed star wars the clone wars Mm mm-hmm uh, we watched our allotted episodes of season six and the first episode of season seven. We're going to divide the conversation to the season six arcs and then a more baseline what, how we feel and so far about the season seven episode. Yeah, because we only watched season seven episode one. Yes. So first up, um, as a follow-up to the original run of the show we get what they call the lost episodes on netflix right right uh first arc is about fives uh basically discovering the uh the little biological chip in all the brains of the clones 
the, the yeah with like the inhibitor chip or something like that right yeah which is heavily tied to order 66 yeah it's the order 66 chip yeah um kind of interesting i don't think it needed to be four episodes though um yeah i think it was just a tad too long but i did mm-hmm. i did really like this arc i think it was pretty interesting i also love the droid that like hangs around the fives yeah um i'm with you because like it's cool to see fives again in a story this long and like focusing it on this clone that we were introduced to at the start of all this um so that was really cool i think he's the only surviving member of domino squad right yeah i think so so well i mean it was a nice surviving (laughs) yeah surviving um i yeah i think like seeing it come full circle with the show focusing on clones in a way that wasn't as frequent as as i was expecting but sort of like touching base on that one more time um it was almost like like this this arc was almost like the clones becoming self-aware you know it was it was like they were like reaching their own singularity like in this or at least fives was like it's interesting to because like from our perspective watching this we're like oh no you know you 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 know like what these are for and like you know Mm -hmm. what happens and it's just like interesting to watch it happen like watch them figure it out (laughs) Mm -hmm. what did you think of the scene of him confronting uh palpatine it was kind of cheesy to be honest yeah yeah i was a little bummed i wanted to be i thought they could have played that so suspenseful but yeah it was kind of cheesy um yeah. it's interesting that like you know fives figures out the truth and then everybody thinks that he's just going crazy mm-hmm. um which was you know kind of sad to see definitely but yeah I, I liked this arc uh while i did feel it was a bit too long i'm with you there it um it was again touching on one of the unique aspects about this series which is the clones and Mm -hmm. it was a nice palate cleanser after the ahsoka arc from last week which was just emotionally heavy you know yeah this was a little more laid back in that regard yep but yeah out of the two sorry go ahead no what are you gonna say I was going to ask, out of the two arcs we watched, did you prefer this one? I did prefer this one. Mm-hmm. Is there any key reason before we dive into the second arc? Um, I just, I, I, I don't know. I enjoyed the fact that it was just like a, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't a mystery to the viewer, but it was fun watching it be a mystery to clones, especially. Um, yeah. And that's why I liked it. It was kind of, see, it was fun to see this all unravel before their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the was sec- there something else you wanted to say no no there wasn't okay the second arc though we got a yoda arc yep um <laughs> did we this is the first yoda arc we have right because there was the ambush episode but that wasn't an arc right there were yeah it was just an episode i don't think there was an arc this is the first yoda arc though yeah um so this one sees yoda dealing with a would we call it a vision still i don't think it's a vision i don't think it's a vision i don't know it's (laughs) i don't even know what to call it it's so weird (laughs) he gets a voicemail from qui-gon yeah he does he gets a voicemail from qui-gon that's a good way to put it and uh it is i will say it's like an okay arc but i think the thing i thought was most interesting was other jedi questioning yoda you know true true like obi-wan and mace windu yeah like you touching the dark side yoda like he was though what is this yeah which is crazy but just like seeing them question him in that way it was so refreshing and something i never expected yeah I agree but what what didn't work for you what made it less of a highlight than the first one i just thought it was boring to be honest they i don't know I, I i wasn't i couldn't get like into the whole like oh you're talking to death and like all of these like emotions that like aren't real <laughs> like i don't know yeah. it was it was just like very like ethereal and like i couldn't get into it mm-hmm. um and like i i never really understood 
I don't really like the whole you have to like I don't know go through all these tests before you could be um before you can like live forever or something like that I don't know it's just it's just weird to me yeah it's the whole idea like I think in on paper the idea of there needs to be specific training to become a force ghost I think is interesting um but in execution like it seems very muddy because like yoda does this stuff and then at the end of episode three he tells obi-wan hey i got some stuff for you to figure out while you're in isolation um as far as we know obi-wan does not leave tatooine (laughs) you know but like he right he goes through that process in a way like it's definitely muddy and i think because of that because there's not a solid point a to b connection with this mystery that they're trying to explain it kind of just feels inconsequential to me yeah it's like i I don't understand did qui-gon like go to this weird planet and do all these things or did it just did he just i always thought that like you know it's it's just a skill that you learn over time like i didn't think you had to like go somewhere and get special training for it you know yeah i thought it was something that you could like a state you could achieve right like meditation as a jedi or something same and the reason it didn't fully like the reason qui-gon didn't get to i think we talked about this in like one of our first episodes like qui-gon almost figured it out that's why he's just the voice right but yeah it's like it's something that i didn't think needed to be answered and they didn't really answer it so i don't know it just this entire season i think as well kind of feels inconsequential to me yeah because i think it is like it it just it doesn't have a place like it's all just mismatched socks Mm -hmm. essentially (laughs) pretty much yeah and that is because they were the unfinished episodes and the way uh the show aired to begin with was out of order so like who knows when these were supposed to take place yeah do are do we know if they have like a place i don't know personally i think we could probably ask jack that and see if he knows anything about it but yeah jack would know <laughs> he would know um but yeah it like i get it but i feel like the the ending we got in five was so much more solid than this one mm-hmm um, and I don't think that's any fault of the talent behind these episodes. I just think it's the way it all shook out, you know? True. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the way that the Clone Wars, you know, episodically is like put out doesn't really make much sense to begin with. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it feels like they just wanted to release these for convenient reasons at the time that we are not really privy to at the moment yeah and it was like i remember when when netflix said they had i think it was like 2013 oh. 2012 maybe okay i think it was a while ago um i remember when netflix made the announcement it was a very like feel-good announcement it's like hey we get a few more episodes of clone wars and people just took it but I think what's happening with seven is interesting because it's a little bit of the same kind of like this was planned ahead of time but we actually get to present a finale to it all Mm -hmm. that wasn't abrupt right Um, so do you want to touch on season seven episode one then yeah i mean i i i must say i think i watched half of it because i fell asleep so Mm -hmm. i want to i want to be transparent in that um, sure. but, but from what i did see it was um the same <laughs> yeah it just looked better yeah it, it it is funny looking at the again leap in um quality but A major leap in quality yeah hair physics yeah <laughs> um yeah seeing this i guess is a good indicator of what to expect for the episodes that we've gotten so far because as far as i'm aware from the people that i've talked to that i've been watching season seven it's a lot of this 
so far. Like an episode that's like filler. It's like, hey, it's good. It's cool that the show's back, but what are we building to? Um, and with the this episode specifically, like again, cool. It has a focus on clones. Um, I doesn't sound like we get more of those for the rest of season seven, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was... I, I mean, from what I saw of it, it didn't really... It, it was fine. Like, I, I don't know. It just seemed like a... It just seemed like a regular old episode of The Clone Wars mm-hmm. with with nothing really consequential happening. Yeah, and I, I'm glad we kind of swept that one into this week because where we kind of both fell down on season six feeling like middling, this episode as well kind of feels like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like like a middle kind of episode yeah because as far as i know i think episode two is when ahsoka really takes the spotlight again i have no idea so, so. we're gonna have to find out <laughs> yeah um, i know th- i know the bad batch comes back okay cool yeah but i guess from what you did see like and i guess from what you've heard about season seven where you at right now concerned (laughs) to be honest like i don't know they they really hyped it up and like if it's from what i hear it's kind of all just filler (laughs) so yeah that's where i'm at too and i'm kind of interested because like do you think there's there's either two there's like two possible outcomes for this in my head either the final episodes of the season are basically just retelling revenge of the sith which is like what we kind of hoped to an extent but it's it's either that or it is just more of connecting ahsoka's character to rebels which is fine but i feel like you could probably still get another season out of the show at that point so yeah like i wonder if we're gonna end up in a similar spot where after episode nine when you and me were talking about it it was like uh i think it was the episode of pat when we all three of us were talking about our thoughts it was like nobody said this had to be the end true yeah it might it might get to that point i guess it depends on what they do in the final four episodes because i would imagine that's probably an arc right i would Um, assume yeah and and we don't know what that's going to be i mean it could it could literally like you said be revenge of the sith and like we know that like i obviously we haven't watched the all eight episodes that have been released as of the time that we record this but like Mm -hmm. i would we still need to see like the siege of mandalore you know yeah and we know from the ahsoka book that that happens during revenge of the sith during order 66 Mm -hmm. it's also there's a possibility that all this is happening during revenge of the sith yeah and we just don't know it yet we just don't know it <laughs> so yeah yeah it is worth noting that we still haven't seen the majority of season seven it was just i thought it would be a nice like touch base before we dive into what's there yeah so um, so how are we doing this how are we watching the rest of these so i think for next episode we just catch up oh just watch all the rest of them Yes, watch everything that's out there, including the episode that releases this week. Okay, so eight episodes. Yes. And then from that point, we do the one a week. All right, yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm down. Let's let's catch the hell up. Yeah, because especially... Man, if that final four is Revenge of the Sith, we gotta be watching that live. We are. We would be watching that live. Yeah, that's why I want to catch up for next episode. I'm happy. I'm happy that we're at least watching some of this live. Yeah, me too. Feels good. Yeah, it does feel good. Well, it's a it's an it's an achievement. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and again, would not have been possible without Jack's guide. Yeah, thank you so much, Jack Martin. Absolutely. Well, I think that wraps up this week's episode. I think so. Nights. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike. Uh, if anyone listening would like to find you, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. Very nice. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Chris N. Buckley. Um, 
If you are watching us, you're on youtube.com slash joyclicks where there is other content coming up as well, mm-hmm. other podcasts, lots of gaming stuff. Uh, like we shouted out earlier, twitch.tv slash joyclicks if you want to catch some live streams, maybe some Star Wars games coming up. Ooh. Um, you can do that. But if you're listening to the show, you're on audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any of the ones on Google. Uh, if you have the ability to rate or review us on the platform of your choosing, it would be greatly appreciated if you did so. So the show reaches more people. We can all celebrate the end of Clone Wars together. Absolutely. And have a good time. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to watch the rest of these. Me too. I have high, high, high standards right now. I got high hopes. Yeah. Oh, no. That's how we're ending it. That's how we're ending so. it. <laughs> Uh, until next week, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. General Kenobi.